Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there. Ever dream of making your own podcast? Let me tell you a little bit about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. First, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and let me tell you, today's guest and I go way, way back. She's a wedding planner, a dancer, a foodie, a beauty icon, and basically makes you feel comfortable as she walks around with a headset at any event. Please welcome to the mic, Alexis Chan. Oh my God. You know, everybody says this when they come on um, about how like that's the best intro I've ever heard, but literally that is the best intro I've ever heard. And I um, would also like to have this. And then in the background, I'm going to play like what um, the 1990s Chicago Bulls played when they come out of the tunnel, like, you know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> I 100% don't okay, know, okay. but I, I have <laughs> you on the podcast for that. <laughs> Somebody will get this. Please put it in the comments that you hear me, you see me, you understand me. Um, I will do it for you later when you, I'll put it on the gram for you. Well, kids aren't calling it the gram. That's not cool. Just kidding. <laughs> Just fresh out the gate with a sports <laughs> reference from the 90s. <laughs> from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Oh, Lord. How you doing, babe? Uh, I am like, I don't know how to answer that question when people ask me. So I've reverted to saying like, I'm pandemic okay. Um, mm. Yeah. And like, I'm also languishing, which is a new thing that I learned from the New York Times. They posted a whole like thing about it and how like, it's not, this is going to sound really horrible, but it's not like depression. It's not full on depression, but you're not like peak wellness. It is like the middle. It is like meh, you know? So I'm like, which is sometimes harder. I think it is harder, but knowing that I am currently languishing has helped me a lot. Um, 
like just identifying, you know, what it is. But it's weird because they said like, oh, here are the things to get you out of languishing. And like all of the things I read, I was like, I can't do any of those. Like I'm never going to be out of languishing. So I feel like it's more of like a roller coaster in between those two things of like depression and like peak wellness. Like we're definitely not going to hit either of those, I think. But like, you know, we get close and then we're like, oh, never mind. Oh, never mind. So (laughs) We're too bored for either. Yes. Yes. Like, I, I, yeah, I just don't, I can't be bothered, as I like to say. I can't, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to fix my <laughs> mental health. <laughs> but I am working on it, like, every day. So. <laughs> but just, like, daily things. I won't say, like, always work on your mental health, people. You know, like, I see a therapist. Granted, like, I was actually talking to your sister about this, but, like, therapy has been a hot commodity because now everybody I'm so glad everybody's going but the fact that I can only go like once a month is annoying you're like wait a minute I'm in crisis and every therapist is like the entire world is (laughs) in crisis it's not about you but also it is about me because like that's what we're paying for here so I get it it's fine I'm happy for everybody though well I'm glad everybody is getting help yeah I'm glad that you have identified that you are languishing fun word yeah I picture like only you on a chase lounge with like a nice like old fur like not new fur but one that was already existing in the world just like draped over a shoulder Mm -hmm. yeah and I'm in like a like a gown but I also have slippers on and I have like a pizza you know because it's not like full-fledged like luxury but it's like it's a realness it's luxe but it's also comfort and it's pizza yeah. It's basically an Allison Roman cookbook. Oh, yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. That's the vibe. Basically. That's, that's the vibe. vibe. That's our vibe. That's my vibe. We're out to a great start. <laughs> We're doing yeah, great. I love it. So Alexis and I met in middle school. Oh, my God. And honestly, we've, like, trapezed between friend groups together for years. Truly. Um, <laughs> much more popular than we thought we were. Um <laughs> watch every single person from high school is like these people are trash (laughs) no Um, never (laughs) sometimes (laughs) so I know that this podcast episode is about you and we are definitely going to talk about you a lot but I just have a starter question which is um what was I like in high school oh my god what were you like in high school oh you know what it's funny because you say this like we became you're one of those people. I think true friendships also come out of like, you do not know sometimes when you became friends, you know, Very like that. Yeah. Uh, like I consider you like one of my dearest best friends. And like, I'm just like, I literally don't know when that happened. You know, it's very strange. But what was Ryan like in high school? Ugh, okay. One, you were beloved, first of all. Oh. Two, because you were also like super involved in everything like you were in theater so you were on stage but then you were also in student government so you're like running shit I can swear on this I've did my research I listened to like three others before this because I was like what can I do and not do um (laughs) but yeah so you were like all over the place very widely known and beloved but also my favorite thing about Ryan in high school specifically, is that he was ahead of the times as far as like standing your ground and like saying it how it is, because I feel like you were always the person like every, I think, I mean, I have limited stage experience, but when we were in shows together, um, you, we always hit that like 
like point of like hell week where like mm-hmm. everybody is so just like literally at their lowest point right now like it is dark and like frankly I think some of the experiences that we had in high school um theater were probably like not allowed now you know like it's like you can't you can't have kids like do this Sometimes when I think back to our high school theater, like I tell the story and it feels like it's from like the 1950s back when teaching was bad. (laughs) Yeah. Gonna throw shit around, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Like it was dark, but you would be the person to like, it's always going to be Ryan who like set straight up says like, I think this is, I think this is fucked up or like just like a moment of realness and everybody's like nodding in the back, but also too scared to like actually verbally say it so like you had cojones early on so yeah I love it but yeah that's what you were like in high school um I don't know do I need to color anything else we also went on like we had a lot of like little adventures in high school you and I um Mm -hmm. you know I think it's weird that I would never say like oh yeah we cut class but we definitely like we left campus and an open and a not open campus um high school so it's like what were we doing but yeah it wasn't like a like a from the movies cut class like we were outside like smoking a cig it was literally like (laughs) this is what I tell everyone if you're involved enough in school you can do anything you can do whatever the fuck you want (laughs) yeah we were just in enough activities that like you can just walk out They just assumed we were being responsible. Like our brand was responsibility. And so people were like, oh, yeah, they must be leaving for some reason. But no, we were just like driving down the street to like Taco Bell or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Flying down the street to Dutch Bros to get an iced kicker. Oh, God, which is basically just like a coffee made creamer with a straw in it. Like that's exactly what it is. Ah. I could not. I can't anymore. Yeah. I tried to drink one um, in Not My Youth. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I think I was like 25. I was like, nostalgia, I'm going to get one. And I honestly, it made me so physically ill. I was like, how did I ever drink this? And had multiples. Uh, multiples. Yeah. And like light ice and like crap like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Ugh. God. Wow. Well, y- you to me in high school were very driven, very put together, <laughs> always cool. Like what? I didn't meet anybody that was like anti Alexis Chan. Um <laughs> that we ever. know of. <laughs> that well yeah, maybe they maybe my <laughs> um ability to say it like it is, um, aka bullying. Um scared <laughs> no. them away. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but I yeah, I don't really remember when we were like the friends that we are now. I remember uh fun fact listeners, I was not out and just asking people out willy-nilly um I consistently asked Alexis Chan out oh yes (laughs) and she just knew to say no which I think is great um thank you I try (laughs) because of where we are now yeah oh god that'd Um, be so awkward can you imagine (laughs) I think we'd giggle about it but yeah Yeah, it'd be weird uh you were also with me when I got pulled over for the first time (laughs) over teen mom in (laughs) jello So uh, we wanted to watch the Teen Mom premiere uh, before DVR existed. Yeah, you had to like actually watch things when it was like live children. And like we were watching at my house, but Alexis had Jello at her house and I was speeding to get it, clearly. 
and got pulled over and just immediately cried. Just immediately full tears. I've never seen you so panicked in my life. And I felt so responsible because, like, I had made the jello that we were racing to get. And, like, we needed it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. I mean, nowadays I can't picture talking to a cop at all, but like explaining to a cop why we felt the need to speed for Jello at 16 <laughs> is just truly. You were crazy. so sweet. Your like demeanor, it was like automatically like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, it was like, yeah, well done. I'm just a, a meek little boy. Yeah, an actor, if you will. <laughs> if you will. So let's talk about you going to college. Oh, okay. <laughs> because. You truly did everything on your own to get to college. Oh, you mean how my parents literally asked me if I was going to college? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, no shade on Dave and Linda. Love them. They are the best parents ever. But I think it's funny because they just wanted me to find my own way. Like, I, I see that as an adult now, like, retrospectively. But at the time, I was like, you know, you're in, like, high school applying for college like uh no one cares about me uh, you know so mm-hmm. I uh yeah but I also like had like I was like I'm gonna get out of Hillsborough because you know growing up in like the 90s and like early 2000s you have those like I don't want to call them like pipe dreams but like you just have this like 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 rosy colored glass over your like how your life should be do you feel that like mm-hmm. like you know like oh it's gonna be like this and like I watched way too many rom-coms for that so like that's probably why yeah I was gonna say like every movie at that time that's like foundational was really built around the idea of like you have to get out of your hometown yes yeah which is funny because like I didn't really like I I mean I went to college in like Eugene University of Oregon Skodex um but yeah so I like I don't I already uh digress from the question lo siento but I mean yeah so my parents were like are you going to college and I was like yeah I'm going to college and so I applied like really random places and like once again I don't know why we let 18 year olds do this stuff 17 year olds because I literally didn't know what I was doing and like (laughs) I was like too like my parents not that they weren't helping they were like find your own way kind of situation and so like I remember buying like those like debit card um uh gift cards because I didn't have a debit card at the time to, like, apply for school. Like, it was really strange because I didn't want to ask them for help also because, like, they weren't asking me. Um, so, like, I applied to, like, random schools. And then also it just hit me, like, I'm glad I had this sense at the time that, like, college is so expensive. And if you – my parents were like, if you go, like, cross-country – you're never coming back here for holidays. It's too expensive. I was like, and like, I love my parents. I love my family. So like the idea of not seeing them was like, I can't. And I also wasn't one of those people who was like super pumped to go to college. Like I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is a big step. And also fun fact about me, and this is embarrassing to say, but literally every year in like elementary school, maybe even middle school, it was like clockwork before the first day of school. I would always have a complete meltdown and cry in my bed. And my dad would have to come over and be like, it's going to be fine. I'd be like, but fifth grade, is not going to be like sixth grade or, you know, sixth grade yeah. is going to be like fifth grade, like really dumb. So like, I wasn't super excited to go to college. Like I was like, I was more like really freaked out and nervous. Well, we're both the oldest of our siblings so it wasn't like there's a 
a roadmap to be like, I want to be just like blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And like, I mean, both of our parents are like young too. And like, you know, I think also we're both the fine child. Like, I mean, Jordan's also great, but like you're the fine child and like you're the oldest. And so like, they don't have to worry about you, you know, like you're like, oh, she's fine. Just whatever. She'll do it. So. Well, I mean, I proved later in life that you do have to worry about me, but <laughs> it's okay. Um, I mean, we all have to worry about each other. Not everybody is fine, you know, outside and looking in. You're like, oh, wow. Stuff. 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 Yeah. One of the things I've always admired about you is you just like have this insane work ethic. And I want to know where that comes from. And like how you keep it going as we continue through this long journey called life. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hilarious that you asked that because I can pinpoint exactly when it happened. It was third grade, Mrs. Forker's classroom. Hey, Mrs. Forker, what's up? Um, And she, I don't remember what it was about, but I used to be like a, you know, flowing through life, whatever. Teachers like, you know, it's about how much teachers like you sometimes. Teachers always like me. So I kind of like, I was like smart enough, whatever. I don't remember what it was, but there's something where she literally just like totally like flipped the script and was like, you can do better. And I was like, what? Like, she's like, you're not like, I don't even remember what it was about, but I remember getting my shit together. I did a presentation, a speech on the elephant whale, I or not elephant whale, the elephant seal, which is a disgusting animal. <laughs> but I chose it because I was like, everybody's picking like a polar bear. Like I'm going to pick something different, like so annoying. Um, and I picked the most disgusting animal, a freaking elephant whale. It literally looks like it has like a ball sack on its face like uh and their babies are called wieners I still remember this but I literally from that day on I just like crushed it I literally was like I gotta work harder this is when I'm gonna do this so like that was the first time and I was like never going back um I mean have I made some missteps and like not asked for help 100 percent um but that was that was when I became this person who just works really hard and also like Um, I'm getting better about this and I think I'm happy I had it before, but now it's not serving. It's not, I know it's not healthy, but I used to have like no boundaries as Mm. far as like what I would do to get like the job done. And I also think like that's not healthy for the long run because I, I, in college, Oh my gosh, I literally almost, um, I like had a really bad like health scare from over exhaustion and like stress and literally dehydration. I was like hospitalized because I had been doing all these things and like I had moved back from Boston where I did my internship. And the next day I started practices for this dance company I was in and I was moving back to school. Like all this stuff was happening and I just didn't stop. And so I like was from that day, I was like, okay, you need to ask for help. You need to ask people to help you. You need to divide some stuff up. But I think like where it comes from is like this, like now I feel like I have a way better balance as far as like what I can handle, what I can ask from people. Um, But I think it's just also like, you know, I like, I don't know. I love the hustle. I love like grinding it out. And like, I think about the um, overall, like my work a lot is about like overall, like experience for other people kind of thing so I think about that a lot like oh if I do this or focus on these details like you know this this is how it impacts the event overall or like this product or whatever so 
I don't know if I ask, answer that question. There's going to no, be a lot did. of this where I go where I go <laughs> off top and I spin out on different things like the friggin' elephant seal. Please do not make the title of this something about elephant seals. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, no elephant seal titles. You're right. I mean, this isn't like a revolutionary thing I'm about to say, but as phones got smarter, it's harder to have clear defined out of office hours. Mm -hmm. And as jobs became more and more, I guess, remote and unique, it's hard not to feel like you have to answer that email or someone can text you and you're like, but I'm literally on my day off, which like, federally means yeah I'm not working and I'm like not getting paid for this so yeah yeah and also like you and I we're both the same in the sense that we're results driven so like Mm -hmm. I and I just like I also like the idea of like always making things better and like how can we like streamline or make this more efficient and like I just think about like I'm obviously going to do this again at some point whatever this is and like how do I learn from what I did last time to make it easier and better, you know? Oh my gosh, that is such a good way to think about things. Right? I mean, it's very simple, but it's like, you know, when you actually like, what does it mean to do that? Like, then you then you start getting into some trouble. Like, documents everywhere. <laughs> Timelines everywhere. Just all of a sudden you have like pictures and strings on your wall. Exactly, yeah. Solving a murder. Uh-huh, pretty much, Yeah. <laughs> don't look in my closet. Um, I don't know how to quite tactfully ask this question, but <laughs> you are an Asian woman. Yes. And how was your experience growing up in Hillsboro different than I would have noticed? So I am recently just reflecting on this um, because I think also – um, like the Reese, what's been happening in the world. Like I finally now have like the vocabulary to speak about it, you know, whereas before I didn't, I just thought, oh, like whatever, but growing up in Hillsborough. So it definitely got way more diverse as like we, you know, you know, got older and like in high school and even kind of like in middle school, like you just saw more people that looked like you, but I definitely know that I was like white centering myself or like Sam Sanders, talks about this in NPR, but like how he has like now taken the little like white man off his shoulder. But like, I was like trying to be like everybody else. Or like, I was also really trying to avoid being a trope. Like this, like, you know, cause like the only people who were like Asian, like in like media were like Mrs. Swan who like paints her nails. So I literally had a girl ask me, not ask me. She basically told me that she's like, Oh yeah. Cause your mom does nails. I was like, what the hell? Like just stuff like that, where it's like, um, you know, it's just like little digs here and there of like things where you're like, Ugh. and yeah. So I was really trying to like avoid being like a trope. So like there's instances where like, I remember being like, you know, uh, in elementary school and like the girls are saying, oh, Alexis' hair is black. And I was like, no, it's dark, 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 dark brown, you know, because, like, that was more, like, you know, white. It wasn't as, like, you know. I literally Asian did that the other day. Oh, yeah. I, like, looked in the mirror. Good friend Sean was looking. We were sharing a mirror. And I was like, is my hair black? And he's like, 
Yes. (laughs) I have literally said that it is dark brown for my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess like things that, I don't know, it's, it's still like hard for me to like talk about it only because like I'm still, I'm very much still unpacking things where like, you know, when you don't realize like you put things in a box and then you think about it and you're like, whoa, that was like fucked up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean like, yeah, just trying to like fit in or be like less like Asian. I don't know. And it's also cause like we, um, growing up in Hillsboro, there weren't very many like, like brown people. Like it was literally like for, for a hot minute, there was like my family, a Japanese family. And then, you know, uh, yeah, another family. Uh, Like, I think it was like a Mexican family and we were like, okay. And it's just like, you just know. And I remember also like being teased about being like, you know, kids pulling their eyes at me and like doing that kind of stuff. And I remember like not being able, like all I could say was like, that's racist, that's racist. And I also like from that point on, I was like, I'm not going to stand up for myself because it's so hard because like mm. no one else is stand- is helping me. And I'm the only per like, it's just like me and then a bunch of other kids, you know? So, so like if you just don't give it attention as opposed to yeah. saying that's wrong. Yes. It's like survival mode. Cause it's like, what's basically going to get me out of this like fastest, you know? So, I mean, you just like push things aside to like survive and to like, not, you know, I don't know, to like not be upset all the time. Cause it's like, it is upsetting. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so crazy. Cause we didn't really like cross paths till like middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. And just because like, like, I went to Reedville, you went to Ladd slash Imlay. This is for literally nobody besides the Hillsborough Yeah, I know. People. Nobody um, cares. <laughs> um, but just that divide, like, I feel like I went to elementary school, middle school, high school, where m- mostly Hispanic and Asian people were. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then from you being, let's say, 200 feet on the other side of quote-unquote town Mm -hmm. it was a different demographic um it's just nuts in the way that the world works yeah it's so interesting it's like yeah completely different and like it's yeah it's changed a lot now which is really great and exciting for people but I think now what I deal with too is like I work so hard not work so hard but I tried so hard just to be seen as like myself and like Alexis you know and not just like oh Alexis the Asian girl you know what I mean like that's just Mm -hmm. like when I just didn't want people to reduce me to just like only being Asian because like that was the first thing that they saw so now I feel like I want people to see me as me, but I also need them to see that like, I am like, I'm Chinese, I'm Chamara, which is for the people who don't know, it's um, the indigenous people of Guam, half a day. Um, so I'm, tr- I want them to see that too. I think I, th- and just because like, that's a part of my life. And like, you know, when things happen in the world, like that will, that does and will affect me because like, you know, that's part of my heritage and the dynamic. So these are not comparable things, but it's like when I came out, the emphasis on like owning that part of my identity was like, I am gay, but I am not like 
insert stereotype gay. Exactly. And as I spend more and more time growing into who I am, that part isn't necessary. Um, but just like grabbing onto the the identifier within yourself that might make you as an other um, takes a lot of power. And um, as you continue through that journey, I will be nothing but supportive. Uh, I know. And you always are. I appreciate you because it's oh, like, thanks. yeah, I just I want people to feel seen, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And there's different like intersectionality, man. That word is like, pff, yeah, game changer. It's like, I think everybody needs to just put an intersectionality like lens on their entire life. Um, and you'll just like see things differently because perspective is so powerful. Like you just don't know, you know, you just don't know. And we truly didn't have the vocabulary. No. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I was like, oh, that's, I was like gaslighting. That's what that is. Oh, no. <laughs> a trope. that's what that, oh my God. I experienced all of these microaggression. Oh my God. Microaggression. When I first heard that, I was like, whoa. That is literally like when people do this, this is a microaggression. I was like, oh, yeah, my yeah. whole life. And it's just oh once you know the word, it is easier to identify and it's easier to, I guess, rectify. Mm-hmm. So you're, and it's not your job. It's not anybody's job to fix assholes. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> knowing that you can, I think, is power. Yeah. Knowing we can chip away at it is power for sure. Absolutely. Now, you ready for a messy transition? Yeah. So speaking of seeing things, can we talk about your food Instagram? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, yes. Oh, hilarious. Okay. Yeah, my quote unquote my food Instagram. My my personal account has switched in kind of to a food and which is funny cuz people throughout like me sharing things People have been like, you should start a food Instagram. I'm like, isn't that not what this is? But no, okay, to be fair, this is, I'm never, I'm not, I'm really not trying to make it a food Instagram, I'm gonna be honest. And I think anybody who knows me knows, like, that is just the way I talk about food. I am so passionate about food. Like, me writing a review, quote unquote, is like how I speak to people about food. And like, you and I both share the same kind of love that way. Like, oh, needs more acid. Like, mm, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I just started not doing it. But like, well, one, I used to travel a lot for work. I did 100,000 miles just for work in 2019. So like, <laughs> I don't have a lot of content going on here. And I don't think people really want to see me like, riding my Peloton or like watering my plants. And so this is kind of like my only other hobby right now was like eating out because you also can't do a lot. And specifically like small businesses, specifically restaurants also are really struggling right now. And I love eating. So I think like a big part of me, you know, putting focus on this too is like a I think about alignment a lot within the last year for me. And like, I was like, okay, if you really care about restaurants and eating and you say you love food, like, how are you, like, what are you actually doing to support that? So I figure like I can take pictures of food. I'm decent at composition. I love hyping up food. Like, you know, it's just like my favorite thing for like other people to eat the same thing that I did. And they're like, oh my God, wasn't that so good? Um, so it just kind of like turned into that, but it's like hilarious. Cause like, I'm not, I'm not really trying per se. It's just like happening. So like I grew it a lot from like 
when I started just to like, you know, post more consistently about things. So yeah. And then I'm meeting like other food people or like, you know, when you, when I go out to places now, I've literally gotten somebody asked me, I went to this like restaurant on the corner and they're like, Oh, are you Alexis from Instagram? I was like, what? (laughs) I know. Isn't that hilarious? Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I'm posting about food. I love food. And like, what better way to like boost small businesses than through your own, you know, lens. Well, and the Portland food scene is and has been just, it's so insanely good. It's just so insanely good. Yes. Yes. Underrated for sure. I think people, well, now that we're on Top Chef, you know, people are seeing us. It's exciting now. It's exciting. And I think they're doing a great job of, showcasing they filmed during covid and both Mm -hmm. of us kind of lamented about it because we love top chef and we love portland food yes but i think they're doing a really good job of like showcasing portland and the things that make portland a special city oh for sure and it's nice to see in contrast to the tomfoolery and fuckery that was happening over the summer yeah and i think it's i think it's really good too because like people literally people who um like don't live here or never been here have asked me to like what's going on in Portland I'm like what the hell are you talking about you know what I mean because I think mm-hmm. like I mean I guess like I'm not maybe I'm not paying attention to what other people are seeing but it's just like to me like I don't know the city is like we're not like we're not in flames or anything like it's it's fine you guys like I mean we're all in a pandemic right now so we're all trying to like survive but it's nuts yeah, yeah. well and it's cool to have a passion that you're not attempting to monetize. Mm-hmm. I think I fall into that trap a lot um, mm-hmm. as like a creative person where mm-hmm. if I'm even kind of interested in something, my next move is like, okay, but how do I turn this into my job? Ah. It just makes things not fun. And I think both of us have been able to like continue our love of food and eating out and making food and talking about food because we haven't really tried making it a business I think once we did that maybe maybe the fun would be gone yeah yeah no for sure and I think it's like you know what I I always try and bring myself like why are you doing this like what are like what is this for kind of thing so it's like I think yeah I don't know I think also too when you try and start to like monetize things or whatever like there's a certain pressure around it like oh Mm -hmm. like to do this I literally need to eat and like I don't know I'm just I think I'm just coming from a place too where like I just really I need restaurants to be around because that is like my favorite thing and so I just really like anything that I can do to help them honestly is like my main goal and also just like part of me is like oh yeah I'm doing it to support small business but I just really love to eat also so it's like kind of like it's like a hobby to be like oh this is my list of things and I literally like grossly like meal plan but like opposite meal planning where I'm like okay this day I'm gonna get a fried chicken sandwich from this place and then this day I'm gonna go to these food carts (laughs) so it's like backwards but you get the best of both worlds exactly oh my gosh remember that time when we um what's it called we really needed to watch the Hannah Montana movie, but it like oh wasn't God, loading. Yes. What were we using? Like an Xbox or something? You had I don't know. It was like back. We in were the day. hanging out with Kelsey Hall. Yes, we had gotten wine oh. from somebody's older sibling, and we're taking shots of wine. I'm pretty sure it was Carla Rossi. Wow. <laughs> so and then trying to watch the Hannah Montana movie, which I think is the that's suburban high school for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I 
I feel like were we in college though? I think we might have been in college. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. Regardless, time. Yeah, it's funny, but that just reminded me of that. Time is a construct. Time is a construct. Ugh. Well, Alexis, you are creative, articulate, wow. driven, finding your power. You have beautiful hair, and Thank I just you. have to ask you, why are you like this? Ugh. I've been thinking about this a lot since you asked me to do this <laughs> in the shower, you know, um, on the Peloton. Um, why am I like this? I think I have just realized like more so why I'm like this as of late because I've had time to do so. Um, but I just like really try to like, like I talk about alignment a lot, but it's like really like, I'm trying to center myself more these days in terms of like, okay, like this is what I believe. This is like what I, you know, I want people to know that I like stand for this. I want people, you know, I, you know, love small businesses. I love eating out like what, you know, making sure that like my life and my actions align with like what I truly believe. I don't know where I'm going with this, but basically like I'm like this because like, I, th I think a lot and I really try and make sure that like what like I'm doing, I'm showing people like showing up for people and showing up for the things that I care about, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. You might have to ask me a follow up question about that because like <laughs> I really don't know why I'm like this. I also get excited about things that, like I'm just an like, excited person, you know, so. I, th I think a big part of what makes you special is your ability to identify what you just said, where you're like, I really care about things. And how can I align myself to help you have been doing charity work on your own since forever. You just described like, I'm really into food and posting about food because I need this thing to exist. And I think that's a special quality that like, I don't particularly have a lot of other people probably don't have where you're able to see things outside of your lens that you notice need a little bit more care and are something that you are passionate about and you give it. And I think that's really admirable and a beautiful thing that you put into the world that I, I don't know if you think about that often. I don't know if I, you like how I basically turned the question around to make you answer why am I like this? It was a very good reporter move. It was very nice. <sighs> yeah, I try. I mean, I did, I did study journalism in college, so there's that. Um, yeah, I think definitely that. And like, I've also like, I'm also like strangely like research and data driven. And so as I'm thinking about like alignment and making sure like, you know, I'm doing the things that I like putting my money where my mouth is like I've started tagging things on my like um you know how like online you can go and like tag things for like through your like credit card company about like where money is being sent so I made one for like local businesses and so fun fact I've actually spent um uh 70 percent of like my fund spending because like obviously like things outside of like rent and like you know utilities like ugh, I'm mm. I can't get around paying to those certain people but I put that money into um, small businesses. So that's exciting for me. And I was like, that's a good way for me to measure, you know, because I think anytime you set out to do something, um, you know, you should also be able to measure it. Smart goals kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But 
recommend, recommend, highly recommend for anybody. No, it's like when people are are like, I just want to eat better or I want to drink less. It's like, what does that actually mean to you? And what is a measurable way for you to see the, the good you're putting into the world or taking care of yourself? I think data and passion meeting in the middle make a pretty great Alexis Chan. Oh, thank you. Okay. I also thought of something else why I'm like this. I also assume like in dance, I grew up dancing, um, you know, but we, we always say like when somebody makes a correction, always assume it's you. And I hate when people like don't assume it's them because it's like we're learning a lot of things in the world right now and we're opening ourselves up to a lot of different you know perspectives and just seeing things you know differently and I think anybody I think you can only you're only gonna hurt yourself you're like oh no that's not me I don't do that you know what I mean like always assume your shit stinks like and not to a detriment where you're like oh you know but like always take into account like can I be doing this better so I think I do that a lot where I'm like I always assume it's me like I always think about I'm like did I do that? Did I say like, yeah. So yeah. If there's like a, a note given to a group of performers about like, all of you seem like your, your energy's low. If you're the person who's like, my energy is high. <laughs> yeah. You're not it. You're not, not it. Me. Yeah. Not me. Like the worst thing you could do for yourself is somebody's like, here's a note. And you're like, no, that's, <laughs> I don't do that. Um, yeah. So I always assume that my shit stinks, you know? I mean, it's taken me a long time to be able to do that. Uh, I definitely grew up in the church of, it ain't me. (laughs) I sang the right note. They were like, Ryan, you don't even understand music. And I was like, liar. (laughs) Lies. Hey, at least you had that. Some of us just like faked our way through, you know, two musicals. I can't sing. And yeah, somehow, you know, it's fine because I can act my way out of situations. Apparently. There you go. <laughs> um, Alexis and I were in a um, beautiful production God. Into the Woods together, <laughs> um, which caused us a lot, of, uh, a lot of pain and a lot of grief that we are still processing today. Um, Alexis was Little Red. I was, of course, the baker because I'm a star. And <laughs> one time on stage, she broke a oh literal loaf of bread over my head. <laughs> And uh, that, was that was amazing. That was probably the most normal thing that happened during the show. I didn't break it, Ryan. It shattered because <laughs> we they didn't like get us like a prop piece of bread. They literally like got a freaking French loaf of bread from Fred Myers that was probably like ninety nine cents at the time. Um, and they covered they like lacquered it or something, didn't they? They did something to it, but it had been old for a while. Like we had not switched out breads. Um so uh I hit him with it and it fucking shattered. I just remember crumbs everywhere and we looked at each other and we were like and just had to run in opposite directions as fast as we could because I was dying. What was your in-between school and rehearsal food from Fred Meyer? Because I was always getting the chicken tendies and the JoJo's. Oh, yeah. The JoJo's. Okay. Honestly, like, unpopular opinion. Loved a pizza stick. Do you ever, Whoa. like, I, I know I love, like, okay, there are some foods that are, like, disgusting that I just, like, truly enjoy. Pour a hemplo. Freaking Tosino's pizzas. I love those. And like, I don't know why, but I love them. Can't help it. They're so crispy. Um, and nostalgia, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with a JoJo situation, but also like, you know, 
a pizza stick because beige colored foods are the best. <laughs> they really are. So a lot of good. the times you just need to eat the color beige. Honestly, yeah, I just want a plateful of beige food, please. <laughs> As I like people are like, she's a foodie. I'm like, she likes beige food. <laughs> she wants a pizza stick. And Tostino's pizza. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. It's so good. Oh, I get all bit loud. As we wind down the stoicful no. chat, I know I asked this of all my guests. Do you have any questions for me? Yes, I do. I've also been thinking about my questions for you a lot. Um, what, what have you learned from doing this podcast, or what's like been your favorite thing about it? I this I feel like those go hand in hand. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about it is finding out that these conversations, where you you two get a little deep with someone, you get to know. I get to know people that I've known for years. I get to know them a little deeper. I get to know people that I have literally never met. We've just done this remotely um, on an intimate level with just having like a normal chat. I used to really think that chats like this only happened after you were drunk. I truly did. And you mean an H to H, a heart to heart. Yes. And like, no tears, no like full drama, just like having a legitimate hour long conversation with somebody about who they are and why they do the things they do is much easier than I thought it was originally. And I'm trying really to apply that to my life. And as I meet people in the wild, as we start to step back out, um, I think that's really like a formative thing that's come from making this podcast. Mm, yeah. And also follow-up question. What are three things that you love about yourself? Ooh, I love my personality. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> Both the light and the dark. I, you know, all great. They dance uh, around each other. I think that's what makes you special is that you have this, like, it's like fun, but it's dark. It's playful, but it's real. Like <laughs> <laughs> you sound like the real world. <laughs> <laughs> No, you uh, don't. It's much classier than that. <laughs> um, so I love my personality. I really love my facial structure. I think it's really stunning to look at. And I like my work ethic. Yes, agreed. You have incredible work ethic. Thank you. I love it. I think that's why we're friends, though, you know? Because, like, yeah. Just two driven ladies. Two driven ladies. Sharks, you know. That's the title of episode. <laughs> Two Driven Ladies. <laughs> Two Driven Ladies. What's um, up? What's up? Just what's rolling up? around town. Yeah. Exactly. What are three things you love about yourself? Oh, um, I feel like, I mean, I don't know after this podcast, but like, I think I have great comedic timing and mm -hmm. I feel like you and I as friends in that are just like, we just have the best time. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes, maybe people don't think about this, but I feel like when we're like out places pre-pandemic, obviously, um, people are just like, oh my God, they look so fun. You know what I mean? I feel like we radiate, you know, yeah, this thing. I think people us. are drawn to us. Everybody, yes. everybody who knows us <laughs> is going to be like, this is an hour. These people are delusional. <laughs> These two driven ladies are delusional. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think people oh are drawn God. to us. And then I also sometimes feel bad for uh, 
the third person who will be with us at any <laughs> given time because if they're not on the same wavelength it's just you're not catching up we're no we're past that we've bulldozed you like we're we're far up the catwalk you know so like we yeah. radiate <laughs> come to us but we, we also say you have to meet us at our level <laughs> yeah exactly um i also like um oh maybe i should have said this why i'm like this um i like my I feel like I um, am really like energy sensitive, but I also recognize that like energy is something that like you give out. Like I hate when people are like, you're so positive. I'm like, I'm not positive. I just have good. I feel like I'm really trying to focus on giving out good energy because, you know, when people are like um, being positive, but they're like actually just like they're like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. And you're like, no, it's not. And I yeah. think like energy is also like you can be real and be like yo, this is not ha- like, this is not a good time. This is not, ha- you know, this isn't going the way we plan, but we can do this. Like, I feel like I'm really, um, conscious of like, um, the energy that I'm bringing to situations or to people. And I think that comes with like the territory of like being in events and like, you know, wedding planning, um, is all about the energy. Like, oh my God, I've had stuff go so downhill. Like, like I had a bartender once not show up, which is like, you know, the bar is like the main thing. And it was a small wedding. So we only had one. And so I like had to scramble and find somebody else, but it's like, nobody knew it was happening. And I think it's funny because I think along with the energy thing, like I, like I process pressure really well. And so people were like, Oh, you've handled that really well. I was like, did I? Cause inside I'm like, <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, I'm very conscious of my energy. So I feel like that's something that I like about myself. And, um, uh, I, I like my hair, like you said in the thing, I think I have really good hair. It's um, really great hair. Yeah. I also all know all of the uh, lyrics to no diggity. That's an important um, fact. Yeah, both of the raps, obviously, because you can't say you know all of it if you don't. I get really upset in karaoke when they, like, don't include the raps. I'm like, okay, hold up. I know this, so I'm just going to, like, you know, drop this after it. So You're like, I just need you to pause the track. I'll do this freestyle, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Hold on. I've got this. <laughs> Please turn up the mic. Thank you. <laughs> You're just in like a tiny room. It's just you and like two family yeah. members. You're and I'm like, like, no, no, no. Yeah. Put down the tambourine, Auntie Nita. Put it down. We're not doing that yet. <laughs> I'm still going. Yeah. So oh, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I could talk to you for six more hours. I know. I'm really upset that this is only like an hour. So I know. We'll we'll have to have you on again. Do That's you just actually the way it has that? to be. Yeah. <laughs> okay, 100%. good. Yeah, because I basically we're starting a spin-off podcast. It's called um, you know, Two Driven Ladies. <laughs> Two Driven Ladies coming soon to <laughs> HBO Max near you. Oh my gosh, yes. I just saw how you posted um Legendary also freaking die. Oh, oh my uh, god, it's so good. Sometimes I just like put that on and like turn all the lights off and I just like, you know, like live. Yeah, live my life. Oh, so good. So so, so good. good. Well, Alexis, where can the children find you? Oh my gosh. Um, well, my personal Instagram slash now my food account, I guess, is um, Alexis Y Chan. Um, I am not really on Twitter. I got on occasionally to like um, watch. I watched the Twilight movies and then I tweeted about it and that was really fun. Um, but I'm AY Chan 90 on that. Um, don't expect a lot. Um, but Ryan's really funny on there. So I retweet Ryan a lot. Um, and yeah, I guess that's it. Um, oh. 
Perfect. Well, thank you again. This has been so great. I'm going to feel so wonderful going throughout my day having had this conversation with you. Oh my God, I know. I love talking to you so much. Oh, also I wanted to tell you before I forget that um, when I listen to your podcast, the theme song is incredible. Um, I do like this. I have this whole like lip syncing thing that I do to it before I listen and it's really fun. So. Oh, Amanda yeah. Dark Angelus. Ah, uh, gem. What a star. star what a, a gem. star. So good. Ugh. Well, until next time, my friends. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.